Welcome to the Cougar Insiders Podcast, Rivalry Week Special Edition. I'm Dick Harmon, along uh, with Jeff Call and uh, Brandon Gurney. All week, we'll be talking about the BYU rivalry. We'll be doing it every single day. We invite you to tune in. Remember to subscribe to wherever you get podcasts, Cougar Insiders Podcast. Welcome to the Cougar Insider Podcast. I'm Dick Harmon, economist for the Deseret News, along with beat writers Jeff Call and Brandon Gurney. We're coming to you from Thanksgiving Point, where we're talking BYU sports. This podcast is brought to you by the Salt Lake Stallions. And gentlemen, we're going to talk a little bit about this weird, weird situation that happened back in the early 90s. This uh, back-to-back wins by the Utes of 34-31 at a time that BYU just lost Ty Detmer and the Heisman Trophy candidate had left the school. John Walsh had kind of picked up things. They had Jamal Willis. They had uh, young Tulamili and uh, Mark Achuaya. It, it was an interesting team. This 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 first year they went uh, six and six uh, after defeating the Utes. I think three or four straight times. But Jeff Call, there, the unique thing about this is that the marketing um, some some bank uh, decided they were going to do a spinoff from a Bank One commercial that had been running in Arizona with U of A coach Lute Olson and ASU coach Bill Frieder. And this was kind of a nightmare scene where one of the coaches would wake up. In this case, it was Lavelle Edwards. And just think about a nightmare, 31, 34-31, 34-31. And that, that commercial ran, and it was very, very popular. And it added to kind of the cultural lore of Lavelle Edwards and Ron McBride. Because at this time, back in those days, this was before I think both of you were covering BYU football. But we used to go up to what they call the Big Five Huddle. We used to go to Salt Lake City. Uh, coaches from all over the state would be there. They would have uh, athletes that would come. We'd all interview them on, and have lunch, and, and then we'd all depart. It would be kind of a big media, media day. That came to an end in 2001. But during that time, Lavelle Edwards and Ron McBride had become kind of a stand-up comedy act. They were making fun of each other. They were having a lot of fun. They were making fun of the way each other dressed and the way they said things. And it's something that continued until Lavelle Edwards died. But these games, Jeff Call, take us through these games, 34-31, and why they would have become a nightmare as it was. Well, so 1993 was actually the first year I covered BYU football, and I think I was sports editor of the Daily Universe at BYU. And BYU, that was a weird year because BYU started out that season 4-0, and then they had this stretch where they, I think they lost four in a row, and they lost some really ugly games. So going to that Utah game, I remember the, the night before that game, at Lavelle Stadium, well then Cougar Stadium, I think Channel 11 TV station had me on to talk about the game. They asked me for a prediction. And I remember saying, looking at the camera and saying, well, BYU has not lost to Utah at home since 1971. <laughs> so I don't see that happening again. The next day we're sitting there watching the game, and Chris Jurgensen drilled a 50 I can't remember what it was, 52-yard field goal. It was 55 yards. It was 55, it was 30, yeah, 55. 31-31. Right, tied game 31. Game on the line. And he hits that field goal with probably under a minute to go or something like right. that. And it was just, it was stunning because 22 years since Utah had won at, uh, in Provo. And I remember being down on the, on the field after that game. And one thing maybe people kind of forget is that there were some Utah players and maybe some fans that tried to tear down the goalpost. You remember that, Dick? I remember that in Chad Lewis. And Chad Lewis strapped on that helmet and he ran <laughs> down there and he was going to defend BYU's honor and he started pulling guys off that goalpost. 
It was amazing. It was. One and guy against like 100. <laughs> <laughs> it was. And uh, Chad's uh, older brother played for Utah, mm-hmm. too, Mike. And anyway, that, that kind of added to the surreal nature of the game. And then after that game, was, uh, it came out one of those famous quotes, Lenny Gomes, about pumping gas. Oh, yeah. He says, says uh, these, these guys are losers. They're just losers. I'll be making, and get this figure, 50, 000, forty or $50,000 a year, and they'll be <laughs> pumping my gas, yeah. a quote that will live forever. Yeah, and so you, know, you, you put that in perspective. I mean, that, it was just a stunning loss. I mean, now you look back on that. I, I tell my kids about how BYU used to dominate the series against Utah. They, don't, they, they can't understand it because all they know is Utah winning for the most part. So, so that was that year. The next year, uh, BYU travels up to Rice-Eccles, and if I remember correctly, the Utes were uh, ranked. They had a great season, and then— They Lord, were ranked. They were like 20th, I think, yeah. 20, 21st in the country. Yeah, and, and BYU was having a decent season as well, and lo and behold, comes down to another 34-31 game, just like the year before. After all the talk of 34-31, I mean, you couldn't have scripted it. Second year in a row, 34-31, Utah beats BYU. And like you said, it just kind of added to the whole lore of the rivalry and— and made it something where you saw 34-31 all over the place. Well, it really really was a turning point in the whole rivalry because when Jorgensen hit that field goal, it really did change the whole, I think, thought process by University of Utah's coaching staff and their athletes about what they could do. They built confidence. Winning does that. When you win, you believe you can win, and they started to believe that they could win. Before that uh, first game in 1993, BYU, uh, with Ty Detmer, had defeated Utah 70-31, and then they defeated him 45-22, and uh, BYU was ranked number 21st and twenty and, and 5th in the country at both those games. But Brandon Gurney, I don't know what your memories are of the 34-31 situation or that commercial, but uh, give us your thoughts. Well, I missed both those games because I was serving a mission in, in Miami. That's uh, So you know exactly how old I am now. But <laughs> I, I remember you, you, you go... You, I, you leave for mission service, and the rivalry is something, right? And I come back, I'm like, what? It, it was totally different. I, BYU lost to Utah twice in a row? What is this? This doesn't happen. And, and I think when you're that involved and, and things change, it, it kind of gives me perspective to what fans are going through now. They're used to something being what it is, and when it's not, it's really hard to correlate and understand and deal with. Another part of the turning point is, and both you guys will appreciate this because you both have met and know Kyle Whittingham. I, uh, my brother played with Kyle at Provo High School. I knew his father, Fred. When University of Utah hired Fred Whittingham, I think it was 1991 uh, or 92, about the time that this turn happened, they made a great investment in somebody who brought toughness to the U program. Toughness in their attitude, toughness in the way they practice, toughness in the way, and things have never been uh, back to the old Utah again since Fred Whittingham. I've got to credit personally myself, the late Fred Whittingham, for for adding this to Utah's program, and it's continued all this time through his son. Yeah, I mean, Fred Whittingham was a great coach at BYU. Was there for a long time, and he really instilled, like you said, that toughness to BYU's defenses. And I think you know, you look at the history of BYU football, especially those the glory years of BYU football. I think people tend to overlook how good BYU's defenses were. There were some really good outstanding outstanding teams that allowed BYU on the offensive side to do what they could do. And so when Fred Whittingham took his uh, talents to up north, I mean, Dick, you're exactly right. That I mean, the 93 game that we saw was visible evidence that the rivalry had changed, that things had turned. But it happened way before then. And and I think you, you can point a finger to hiring Fred Whittingham 
is the turning point. And then what happened after that? I mean, then then Kyle comes aboard, you know, coaching with his dad. And we know what Kyle's done. He's been there for a long time, and he's really done incredible things up at Utah. So, yeah, that that was the thing that uh, that hiring was huge. Ron McBride, you got to give him a lot of credit for what he's done. And then the, the year after Jorgensen's field goal, of course, they backed that up with another win. And Brandon Gurney, the, the, quarter, the, the situation at BYU is you had John Walsh and, and Jamal Willis. They went into Notre Dame in South Bend. We were there. Jeff, I think you were there. We had our picture taken. Yep. We were, yep. And, uh, and they, beat, they beat Notre Dame on their home field. And then they get to the end of the season and they lose again, 34-31. to 31. But that's a team uh, uh, that had guys like John Walsh and, uh, and Atula Mili was a young uh, Chad, Chad Lewis. This was a pretty, this was the building of that 96 team that uh, that won the Cotton Bowl. But, uh, yeah, it was a legitimate turn of, turn of events for University of Utah. Yeah, it's never been the same since. It's been totally different. Yeah, you, you break down the rivalry interiors, that's what started it, where it was competitive. And now it's gone over the top where Utah's completely dominating the series. And it, it's been tough for BYU fans to watch because at the end of the day, that's where the biggest frustration. Any fan that's honest with himself will admit it. The frustration is seeing where Utah's at compared to BYU. If Utah wasn't where it was at, it'd be much easier to swallow. Well, it also is a turn in the way BYU treated the situation. Fred Whittingham had a couple of habits that uh, some administrators didn't like. And when he wanted to come back to BYU, they said no. He went up to University of Utah, and things changed. The other part of this story, gentlemen, is the banks. Bank One did that commercial, and then it ran for a while. It was very popular. But another bank that was sponsoring at least BYU, maybe Utah, and I, I won't mention the name of that bank, but they didn't like that. They didn't like the idea that Bank One was doing a commercial and getting so much play, and it was so well done, and it has so much emotion. It was funny, and, and it was very effective, and they complained, and that commercial was taken off the air. Just really? one more one more thing in the wow. uh, long, long storied history of this BYU rivalry. Well, gentlemen, that uh, that wraps up this edition of the Utah-BYU rivalry thing. Thanks for being with us, Jeff Call and Brandon Gurney. This is... Uh, this is your BYU Cougar Insider Podcast. Uh, we thank you for being with us. We'll see you next time.